1: G'day team, welcome to Runners Only with Dom Harvey, that's me. Today on the podcast, Rachel Grunwell. Uh, She's an author, she used to be a journalist, won some awards for her work with the Sunday Star Times, and then she sort of fell into marathon running and ran 25 marathons over a quick succession. Uh, She will tell you all about how that happened, and I feel like you'll get the most out of this podcast if you are a non-runner, or you're just sort of starting out. There's lots um, lots of helpful tips for beginners and stuff like that, lots of nutrition tips, and a good dose of our uh, mental health chat as well. So, thank you very much for downloading. Great to see you here. Remember, if you like the podcast, please suggest it to someone else that you think may like it. I find uh, the word of mouth advertising is the most effective sort. Yeah, rather than me punishing my friends on Instagram. Sorry about that. Oh, honestly, I reckon I've lost followers over the last couple of weeks because <laughs> every story I do is like just resharing something. <sighs> All right, here she is, Rachel Grunwell on Runners Only.
0: Hey. Runners only. Yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Ay, ay. This is Runners Only with Dime Harvey. Uh, fast pace, slow and steady. Anywhere you coming? Up. Just wanna connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only. Yeah, yeah. let's get it started. Ay, ay. This is Runners Only with Dime Harvey. Uh, fast pace, slow and steady. Anywhere you coming? Up. Just wanna connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dime Harvey.
1: And Rachel G. Runwell. Is that, uh, the name's Grunwell, but I thought about it. There's, there is run in your name. I know.
2: I'll spend a lifetime trying to live up to that name, Dom.
1: Hey, um, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Um, you actually asked to come on the podcast. You messaged me and asked to come on. And, uh, I thought, shit, that's awesome. (laughs) She, she's, she's got balls.
2: Yeah, well, you know what, there's so many elite runners out there, and the relatability is not, well, we all aspire to be like them, but I'm just an ordinary runner, and I love to share that message that if I can, anyone can.
1: Yeah, no, I really, I'm, I'm not saying that in a bad way, because I really like the confidence, and you're not the only person that's done it, I've had a few other people reach out, which GK. is great. <laughs> oh, and that makes my job easier, but <laughs> I just wish I, um, I don't know, if it's confidence the word? I don't know, but I'd be like, oh... I'd start to write the message, and I'll go. Oh, no, I'm not going to send that. They'll think I'm, you know, whatever. But um, <laughs> I was, I was pleasantly pleased to hear from you, oh, and it's great on. to have you on. Cheers. So this is Rachel Grunwell. She's a, she was a journalist, and then um, you you sort of fell into running really by chance. Yeah,
2: completely by accident.
1: Yeah, give us the backstory. So, you, what were you doing as a journalist? By the way, journalists are the absolute worst, aren't they?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Awful humans. Watch out! Watch out! I'm still am one. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so I was a sugar addicted, caffeine fueled, stress addict journalist, and I was on maternity leave, and an editor reached out and said, "Hey Rach, do you want to write a weekly column about uh, wellness, trying and surviving all these crazy, mad ideas?"
1: So was the schtick sort of that you're basically couch potato to trying these weird things?
2: Yeah, they only got me to do it because I could write and um, they wanted me – they wanted to write it so – They could articulate what it's like for readers and whether they might be into it. So I had zero um, health experience. I wasn't fit. I was the opposite. So I was really excited because I thought, yay, I can learn some stuff here. I was completely confused about how to get fit, how to eat well, how to sleep better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you, you put a book out a few years ago, which is available now. It's called Balance, Food, Health and Happiness. By the way, where, where, can, where can you buy it? Where yeah, can, where you can, can get, you get it on this? Book
2: Depository or I sell yeah. them on my website, inspiredhealth.co.nz. Mm. Yeah, reach out.
1: The thing that gets me about, um, about books like this, like, and it's a huge market and there's, you go into Paper Plus or Whitquals or whatever and there's a massive section of books like this, but you flick through it, it seems common sense. You know what I mean? Like drink, drink more water, and uh, <laughs> you know, you sleep. You sleep more, and uh, eat, eat better vegetables. Why? Why is there such a demand for this sort of stuff? Well, People can't be reading it and going,
2: oh, yeah, i, I got to do that,
1: five plus a day. It's only
2: because you're in that zone, Dom. You know how to get fitter. People who are starting from scratch are really confused. So it's just all these little tips of, like, why are you doing this? Why is it smart to do that? And so I used I don't know about you, but I used to be a snackaholic. I used to be hitting the sugar and carbs at 3 o'clock. I'd be, like, my energy was low and I was really, really hungry. Um, but if I eat enough protein... I'm I'm full for a long time, and I'm not snacking, which means I'm losing weight, and yeah, yeah, great. By the way,
1: that's the time of day we are recording this. It's three, literally three p.m. <laughs> no
2: suddenly,
0: treats out for me, dog. Thank God <laughs> I have some protein. <laughs> um,
1: the, in this book, there's a, a chapter about goal setting. I, I agree; like goal setting is a great thing and it's a necessary thing. But often in life, things just like sort of fall across your path that can change the trajectory of your life, like is what's happened with you. Like your editor gave you an assignment. You did this uh, weekly column, and now this is your entire life.
2: Yeah, well, you can sort of you can fall in love with this industry. It's mm. amazing if you learn some things on how to be healthier and happier. You know, change your fitness. You know, increase your energy le- levels. It, it can change your life.
1: What about when you? Um, and I'm, oh, I suppose I'm talking about myself here. What about when you know? you know the common sense thing and you know the right thing to do, but you still do the wrong thing anyway. Like I'm um I'm sometimes troubled by my relationship with alcohol, in particular red wine. I, I love the stuff. I know I drink too much of the stuff. I know it's bad for me. Then I'll wake up in the morning and I'll I'll feel a little bit shit. then um, I'll repeat the same thing again that night. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, what are, what are you like with alcohol now? You like you've written this book, Balanced Food Health and <laughs> Happiness. Is there a lot of pressure on you to be um like a saint when
2: it no. comes to no, so I get a lot of wellness clients because I believe in balance. I eat burgers. I drink red wine. I eat chocolate. Like, I do all those things. The thing is, no one should li- like living a perfectionist would be not only boring, but like, you don't have to. You've got to have those things that you love in your life. And look, that is one of the massive things that I learned on my wellness journey. I remember when I first went to a nutritionist 10 years ago and I said, hey, I, I've got to admit, like, I'm sorry, but I eat chocolate. I, I eat it every day. <laughs> I, ha- I love it. I'm no a chocolateolic.
1: No one should have to have that as a confession <laughs> or something they <I> feel guilty <laughs> and, about, really.
2: Yeah, exactly. And he was like, So what? Like, enjoy it. Like, you should be able to eat chocolate. And I still eat chocolate every day. I've switched now to a higher carco content. Um, what does that it's mean? It's got good fats in it. Right. So it's full of antioxidants. It's Full of good fats It's actually good to eat like Oh come on no, You've yeah. talked yourself into it It tastes like shit Give <laughs> me the Cadbury
1: stuff With the palm oil Oh <laughs>
2: The thing is You can have that But just have it in balance yeah, A little yeah, bit A yeah. little bit Like everything Like enjoy the red wine Enjoy the chocolate Enjoy those things in balance Just don't have them For breakfast, lunch And dinner
1: mm, Yeah <laughs> It's easier said, No easier said than done though Like I'm I'm, Yeah I'm I'm being serious here because I, I know the right thing to do But I still make the wrong decisions You know quite often
2: yeah, wow. so it's about psychology. So I have dealt with some. I've I've helped some amazing um, male clients. They are the ones that particularly come to me with um, alcohol management, and so I look at how they drink and give them tips and tricks on how to moderate that. Um, so
1: what, like, what sort of t- tips
2: and yeah, tricks? Yeah. So okay. So I had have one really cool client, he's pretty famous actually, and he's in my book, so I could probably name him, but I won't, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's really cool, he came to me and he said, oh look Rach, I want to get fitter, I want to understand nutrition better, I, I'd really like to uplift my happiness because I'm a bit, you know, down on the dumps, mm-hmm. and, but the main thing is like, I actually want help to moderate what I'm drinking, so I said, well look, talk me through what you're having." says he walks in the door and his, his partner, like, hands him a brandy and it whoosh goes down. And so that's the taster, right? And then he's like, then I'm to the whiskey. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. What night are we talking? like A, 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 a Monday, night, Monday night, a night. Tuesday night, yeah, a Wednesday night, a yeah. Thursday night, every night. And then he go, and I go, okay, cool. And what next? And he goes, yeah. And then we sit down and, you know, we have, you know, a red wine, a really nice, beautiful red wine. And... Then we're on to the, like, the cocktails, and so how I got him <laughs> to- God, it's like he's living at dinner, hour. <laughs> I know, he's on holiday, hey. Um So w- what I did with him was I said, well, okay, is there any of those drinks that you don't enjoy as much? And he said, and he thought about it, and he said, yeah, I guess the brandy, like my partner, she really likes the brandy, I can't remember if it was the brandy or the whiskey, Um And she just hands it to me when I walk in the door, and I just chuck it back. I don't really like it. I don't really enjoy it. But, you know, she's gone to all this trouble. Um, And I said, well, okay, well, how do you feel about just dropping the brandy? And maybe in between these drinks, maybe have a water. So you're starting to feel fuller. So um, think about what you enjoy the most. And he was like, actually, Rach, I like the whiskey. I really like the whiskey. Love it. It it makes me happy. Tastes amazing. And then I really like the red wine. And I said, well, let's drop those other drinks and focus on sitting down, pausing, like really enjoying the moment, like the taste of it. The smell of it, how how the cup feels in your hand.
1: Mindfulness, really. Yeah, mindfully drinking. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought those two would go hand in hand?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Totally, I'll use any tactic (laughs) I can, mate. But yeah, he moderated it. Um, I had another awesome, very highly successful male client. He was drinking eight beers a night. Right. And... When he came to see me, how I helped him was, um, yeah, he just he was sit, sitting down. He was actually thirsty when he got home from work, and so he was having eight beers when he was actually thirsty, just glugging them back. Um, we worked on, like I gave him different ideas on how to approach it. So I said, look, you could have a couple of nights off if you felt you could do that. We could hit it that way to just reduce the amount. Or how about you just get home, you have some water, you feel you know, you've, you've quenched your thirst, and then mindfully enjoy a few beers. And um, you know what? Um, a few weeks into him uh, working with me, he was really tearful and really emotional. And he said, Rach, I was actually really scared. I was an alcoholic when I came to you, and I just didn't know what to do. But you just gave me these tasks to hit. And you know what? He hit, He actually chose... The hardest approach was like, are you are you sure? Are you sure you <laughs> because he goes, I'm gonna go cold turkey for three nights a week. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm quite a motivated guy when I get go to, yeah, going.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, he was incredibly successful. Got got him down to um, three nights a week, just mindfully enjoying some beers. He lost a lot of weight. He even more exciting for him. He got um, his fitness back. Yeah. So he got a lot of his mojo back.
1: Yeah. Okay. Maybe I maybe I'll try that. Um. Yeah. Because I I can easily knock off a bottle a night of red wine, and the thing is, I've never had a, any any health issues yet. Um. But the the recent death of Shane Warren, who's like a few years older than me, that makes you makes you worry about what you're doing to your body. Um. And I've never like missed a day of work. I've never. I don't turn into like a belligerent person or anything like that. So. I don't know, it's like you do wonder if you're an alcoholic because it's like, oh, plan to have like alcohol-free days and then you let yourself down and I don't know, it's a strange it's a relationship and it's um, something I've been questioning deeply but yet I, it's a relationship that I'm not, I don't think, ready to leave yet.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. so there's different stages on when you want to work on what I call wellness pieces of the puzzle. Um, so basically there's different stages where people actually jump. Sometimes it's a pain point, they have to. Uh, Like they've been given health advice and they have to. uh, So they're really keen to get curious on how to approach things. Um, Look, people have different tolerances. So, uh, like, I used to run with uh, a lawyer who would, um, you know, have several bottles of wine and then, you know, outrun me on race day. And, like, (laughs) he'd jog up next to me and he'd go, oh, shit. Rach, I'm like, Rach, I'm running your pace. Oh, okay, I need to kick it up again. <laughs> <You> know, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... Oh, well, he's probably got a lot of sugar in his system. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. It was, like, rocket fuel for him. But, um, yeah, so people have different tolerances. Like, if I had a, a bottle of wine, Dom... Oh, like, you'd be on your ass. The size ass. of me, yeah, I'd be... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd be having a good time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know yeah but how I am mean, waking up feeling guilty about it, it's not a great way to wake up I've even a, a couple of times like th- th- thought maybe I need to go to like an AA session or something but then I just worry that that'll um, be a bad thing for me in the respect that I'll go well shit that person's lost their house and their marriage and their kids don't speak to them I'm not that bad after all <laughs> you know what I mean like I'm not I'm not um I'm not hiding bottles in the recycling bin I'm not Drinking a coffee cup—that's. Are you of
2: having any impacts? Like, are you feeling tired or sleepy? Oh, or? I
1: I normally w- like wake up at three or three in the morning feeling shit from the alcohol, yeah. and i lie awake for Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So it, it it interrupts your REM sleep. So if you want a better quality of sleep, so to have. Like, I know you're probably having the right amount of sleep for an adult. It's seven and a half hours for kids. It's much longer for elite athletes or even like you who wants to really perform well in their running. You need more sleep. Um, And that's a free... Tool, right, we spend all this money on all this money on supplements and all these fancy things to fuel our performance. But actually, you know what? Uh, strength and conditioning coach for Teen New Zealand is in my book, and he's in the sleep chapter. And he's going that that is my superpower tool for my athletes. Uh, he used to be strength and conditioning coach for the Blues, and he's like, and it's free. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah a
1: good night's sleep it's quite funny eh? like when i was younger i used to have the oh you know i'll sleep when i'm dead sort of thing <laughs> i right, now i love i love sleep and i love talking about sleep as well can't get enough of it
2: yeah so if you if you pull that you're drinking you'll get more rem so you get that higher quality of uh, sleep and then that affects affects your um Brain function, so you get more creative. You get, you know, sort of more capacity of your brain to to draw from.
1: Now, tell us about you and your, your first marathon. So you you got into running um, sort of by accident because your editor got you doing this uh, column where you were doing things. So, running is a difficult sport to start. Yeah, it sucks for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> doesn't it? It's it's so really it's really hard. It's really hard. I think I think everyone everyone or not everyone but a lot of people have a bad. Bad memories or bad experience from running because you get forced to do the school cross country or whatever, and well, you're forced to run as punishment in PE. Yeah, so, yeah. What, what about for you, what about for you? So, how old were you when you started up running?
2: Yeah, well, so as an I, adult, I was a music geek in school, so I used to skip the cross country. I used to have a valid excuse. I'm like, oh, I'm off, off for a uh, lesson. I used to play the saxophone. Oh, and
1: go you, Lisa Simpson. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, so I wasn't into fitness at all. So when I started, it was 10 years ago, and like I said, I was a really unfit writer, and I started from scratch, and it was really, really hard, Uh, I would run around the block twice a week, 20 minutes, run walk routine, like walk a power pole, run a power pole. Where did you get?
1: Is that just what felt comfortable, or where did you get that idea from? Cause it was it,
2: all I could manage. Right. <laughs> I that's was crawling around the block, Dom. I was the colour of a fire engine. I hated it. It was really hard. I was that unfit.
0: Because
1: mm. that's what I tell if, if someone messages me saying I want to start running. What should I do? I, I tell them just ease into it. Like
2: yeah, it's a smarter start.
1: Yeah, walk, walk and run. Like run for two minutes, walk for a minute. Or if that feels too hard, walk for a minute, run for a minute. Then, when the running gets easier, run a little bit longer and walk a little bit less.
2: Yeah. So, I'm a qualified coach these days. And it's. Oh, cool. yeah. Am I giving the right advice then?
1: Uh, I'm, no, I'm not qualified, totally. But no,
2: no. That is golden. Mm-hmm. That is right. golden advice. So. The worst thing you can do is go too fast, too hard, too soon. That's what I
1: say, especially especially to guys that, that approach me, because I figure out, like a lot of guys are probably like, well, you know, when I was 19, I could do a 10K and 45, I'm <laughs> and just going to go out yeah, and pull yeah, a hamstring. Yeah. <laughs> or wake up with um, crazy delayed onset muscle soreness the next yes. morning and then not run for a week. And, and
2: then that's not fun. Yeah. You're too sore. Uh, so yeah, less is more. So just a walk-run routine, it takes a while for your ligaments and muscles to get used to it and get used to the load, um, so it, it was the smartest start but I had no clue what I was doing at the time, um, I was just wanting to move and a magical thing happened, a uh, couple of weeks into it I realised I could run a little bit more than I could walk and that felt like absolute success. Um, I was euphoric. I was so happy. I was so proud of myself. You know, I looked a mess. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and then well, everyone's he,
1: everyone's ugly when they run, right? <laughs> so ugly. <laughs> that's yeah. good. I love that the the finish line of a an event, in particular like marathons and half marathons. Everyone's red in the face. Um, <laughs> dudes with bleeding nipples. It's an ugly sport. <laughs> it's an ugly sport, but so rewarding. So, so how old were you when you did your first marathon?
2: Maybe thirty eight. Right. So Thirty-nine. Sure. So this was part of your,
1: your part of your journalism of journey crisis? as well.
2: <laughs> 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 this is part of your
1: part of your journalism yeah, sort yeah. of experiment thing, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah.
2: Just progressed, um, got stronger, and ended up running a little bit longer. And I think it took me—I was about nine months from starting, getting off the couch, starting from scratch to running my first marathon. Um, I was really dedicated. Oh, wow, that is a really
1: fast turnaround.
2: It's a really fast turnaround, and I wouldn't actually recommend it, um, I'd say, because I I became really dedicated, committed, I got actually addicted to the feeling of how I felt finding flow in a run, um, once I got past that, you know, once you can run 5Ks, like it's really hard, it's really um, hard work to get to that first 5Ks, but after that, you're running. almost like meditative, Mm. and it's enjoyable, and you feel amazing, so yeah
1: yeah oh that's cool can you remember how long you first went i don't i I don't fix that on time here because i think time's quite a personal thing in terms of um i don't mind i
2: don't mind sharing how shit i am yeah yeah so i (laughs) broke the golden um rule (laughs) i've done it once and i've learned from my mistake um please don't ever ever do this please learn from my mistake i ran too hard too fast in the first half, so you're supposed to really pace it in the first half and just cruise it (laughs) and I just like took it to the edge and a bit further back and I blew up, I hit the wall and you know, when you get to that 34 kilometre mark, I was crawling and I was like, why am I here? What am I doing? This hurts, it's so hard Um, and I had a mate, Al, meet me at that point, thank God and he kind of picked me up off the tar seal, it was the Auckland Marathon and and we got to the stand, it was um, flat coke. And he was like, right.
1: Oh, yeah, that what? is like, it's, it's like, like rocket It's fuel. like jet fuel, eh? It's yeah.
2: so good. Yeah, it's I was so good. talking
1: to uh, Mitch James about this because he, he ran his uh, first marathon in Auckland recently. And he goes, and there was flat coke there. And I was like, he was like, why would I want flat coke? And I'm like, bro, never turn down the flat yeah, coke.
2: I, don't, I want that on every run course now. And anyway. Well, you want the
1: sugar free stuff, like, wouldn't you?
2: No, no, give me the sugar. <laughs> Bloody run 42 kilometers. I deserve it. <laughs> Um, no, so it was really, I was I was so precise back then. You know, there was always this mantra of, if you haven't trialed it, don't have it. Um, yes. And yeah. I said to Al, I said, well, I haven't trialed it, so I shouldn't have it. And he said, bloody well, have a rage like you need it. And he like, he's, you know, bossed me into taking it. So I drank it and I did my fastest ever part of the marathon after I had that coke. <laughs> I just literally flew through it. Um, How
1: long did it take to like hit the bloodstream? What do you reckon? Not like immediately? Long, not yeah. long. There's wow. some
2: awesome research around it. Um, so you, you shouldn't have the caffeine too early. Um, you should have it in the last part of that race. Mm. And then it just, it's like rocket fuel. It's, yeah. it's
0: great. Oh, it
1: really is. The thing you said before about not trying something new for the first time on race day. Yeah, that's. um. They talk about that with gels because you have these um, energy gels, which yeah. are the most disgusting things available. Yeah. Hey, they're awful. Never found one that I like. Um, Until
2: they offered a sponsor this, this podcast, I, hey, yeah, Tom? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I will lie. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, mm, Hawley's lemon lime gels—they are so delicious. Good, so good. Sometimes in the evening, I'll just have it for a snack in front of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are they awful, but they're very effective. But yeah. a mate of mine, um, uh, Matt Heath, who does the uh, the breakfast on Radio Herald, he he did the um, half marathon in Queenstown a few years ago, and uh, a friend of his, Scotty, was running it as well. And he said to Matt, oh, "Have you got any nutrition or anything?" And Matt was like, oh, "I don't know. What do you What do you mean?" He goes, "Yeah, ha- have some gels." So he handed Matt a couple of gels, and Matt was like. Okay, so he just like ripped them open and and had them there at the start line with, without any water or anything. And he goes, "Oh, it was disgusting." And I'm like, you, "You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to have it like then and there, and you shouldn't have them if you haven't had them you know, in training either." That's
2: why it's good to get a qualified coach because you learn how to fuel, when to fuel, how much to fuel, how to work it, and yeah. how how to. Rig it so it enhances your performance. Yeah, because that's a bit of a rookie mistake. Yeah.
1: The other thing you were talking about, about the, uh, the rookie mistake about going out too fast, that is so hard to get that right. Yeah. It's so, so hard. Because um, if you've trained to run 42K, you're at the start line, there's other people around, there, the adrenaline's pumping as well. You're going to be feeling good. It's yeah. really hard to run within yourself when you're feeling that good.
2: You're swept away by the excitement of the crowd. And it's like, it is so exciting. Like, I love, you know. Um, that start of the race, but you really got to look at your watch and what pace you're running. Because yeah, you, slow you, it down. you just try to keep up with the person <laughs> yeah, yeah, next to you, yeah. and they're like way like, fitter and faster. Like, yeah. <laughs> they might not look it, but they are.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so good. So good. Is, is your first one your most memorable? Like, when you're, when you the that feeling that you get at the finish line was it's the first most one, memorable the best one.
2: for fuck ups. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, what not to do. So, I no, had the, the wall in- like that.
1: Right. Ever but the, again, but the incredible. Oh, is that right?
2: Yeah, because I hit the wall so bad. I'd gone so fast so soon that I ran out of juice. So how you're supposed to run a marathon is, you know, um, so you're faster at the, the end of the race. So you got, you know, supposed to pace it well so you've got more, you know, when you've got um, near the end, you can kick it up a gear. You can go as fast as you want in those end kilometres. But if you've used it up early on, you can't get it back um so yeah there 's some science around it eh? it 's so interesting, I love
1: it yeah yeah there's um there's a triathlete I really like, and he uses the analogy he says it 's like matches matches on the box, and you 've only got so many matches you can burn, and once yeah. all the matches are gone, they 're gone, yeah. so you want to go out, you go out gently um but it yeah. 's also worth noting like um, I think in those last sort of Seven to twelve k's of a marathon, like from case thirty to the finish. Everyone's in a shit storm.
2: Yeah, everyone's in a hurt locker. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, I've interviewed heaps and heaps of elite um, athletes, and they're like, "Right, we're we're hurting as much as you are. We just you're just not going as fast." <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Which is true. We're all hurting. We're all hating it. But it's mindset stuff at that point. It's and that's where you learn this amazing thing. You learn this. Um, you know incredible life tool like not to give up to keep going even though it hurts and it's really hard that you can do this and in fact you can do anything you want in life mm. um, if you just hold on you stick with it you keep keep going. I've run 25 now, um, which is crazy. I wouldn't probably recommend that to everyone. (laughs) Over
1: over how many years? Like 10 years or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, They do just add up though, don't they? (laughs)
2: They do. Uh, Is Auckland the biggest one in New Zealand or Rotorua?
1: What would be the biggest?
2: Yeah, so Auckland would be biggest in terms of numbers. Uh, Rotorua is the most iconic marathon in New Zealand, Uh, special because you lap the lake, but also it's been going way longer. Yeah. Um, And it's got what they call the survivors club so it means you've got to run 15 rotor marathons to join that club and it's amazing like on race day dom the survivors what do
1: you you get for being in the survivors club
2: (laughs) i don't know a t-shirt or something (laughs) bragging rights mate bragging rights if you're in that club man you're pretty special and like 15
1: years though if it's just a (laughs) t-shirt make it five (laughs) i know are you done with marathons or are you still got more in you?
2: I feel like a bit of a retired horse at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is that? Well, oh, COVID has ruined it a bit. Um, look, I'll do a distant – like, I love the marathon events. So I'm at Ritarua Marathon Event every year. And mostly these days I'll do the half or the 10K. And it's really joyful. And I love sharing that with, like, one of my sons, Lockie. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: It's good it's fun. It's
1: good. I, I get terrible in uh, event anxiety like it's it's terrible and it makes no sense because I'm never gonna I'm never gonna win so I'm only I'm racing myself <laughs> really, but uh, I'll t- I there was an event last year the fitting a half marathon and I I turned up and I was I was so nervous I was um I, I was I sat in the car and I almost contemplated just driving away and just saying. I, I woke up, I didn't feel good, and, you know, I didn't feel like running today.
2: That's amazing. I really um, like that you share that. I really like that you share that. But yeah, we all kind of feel nervous and it's good. It means that you care about the results, you care about doing well. Like, mm. it's actually a really good thing. It's like, if you're speaking on a stage, it's really helpful to feel nervous because it means that you really care about doing a good job.
1: That's good to hear because that, event in, partic- in particular, it ended up being um, quite a, quite a good run. I, I remember the time um, because it was a very strange number. It was an hour twenty three forty five, so one two three four five, which oh, wow. for me was a, a bloody cool. quick half marathon. Sorry, Craig, and I was ecstatic afterwards because you got the endorphins flowing from the run, and also the run went well. So, like driving home back to Auckland from Fitianga, I'm like, what the fuck was that all about? like thinking about pulling out before starting. It's just a really weird feeling. But then you you speak to some um, proper elite athletes and they talk about being like excited the night before or the morning of. So I'm just wondering if they sort of have the same energy but they frame it differently
2: yeah they're nervous too they're so nervous and a lot more rides on it right yeah um, well that's the
1: thing yeah. I'm, I'm only ever running for myself
2: <laughs> well look I'm, I'm at the back of the pack and I get nervous I mean come on I've got all the medals for the marathons there's so many of them now I and mean, then there's like the <laughs> 10k's kind of and the half ones and it's just like where do I put all this yeah. junk um, but I'll keep the marathon medals because some of them are pretty special. Yeah, like the of course. The ones and stuff. They're big and beautiful. Yeah, it's kind
1: of cool. <laughs> um, m- my mum said to me, she was um, like updating her well a couple of years ago. She said, oh, she said you're the runner of the family. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave my medals to you.
2: <laughs> and I'm like...
1: What do I with them? I've got my own medals. Like that, that, that junk, aren't they, really? Like they- Did
2: you buy a Marie Kondo book for Christmas? <laughs> yeah.
1: Mum, your medals don't spark joy.
2: Actually, your mum is so inspiring. Like, you know, your mum is where it's all at. She's so inspiring. She can she can run, and you know what? She's my goals. I want to be running when she when I'm her age. And look, I bet you she is you know way cooler than you know a lot of women that age because she'll be super.
1: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.
0: Let's get this dinner
2: party started. For onto it, she looks amazing. Um, you know, running actually keeps you a little bit youthful. It's a good yeah. way to shake some stress. And
1: she's seventy now, and she, she runs most days. She's not training for a marathon at the moment because she's not sure when the next event will be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she does she does great. Oh, there was an embarrass she she ran the New York Marathon a couple of years ago, and it was the same year that Art Green. From the Bachelor in the New York yeah. Marathon. I think he had some happen. In- he had some injury. He didn't. He didn't oh. run that great. But he's a he's a big, heavy, muscly dude. So she she beat Art Green.
2: Oh, uh, that was awesome! Total breaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But <laughs> then four months later, five months later, the week after the the Christchurch mosque shooting, I took Mum to the the mosque in um, Ponsomie in Auckland, where there was like a like a minute silent thing, and um, Art and Matilda were there. Mum was like, "I'm going to go and say hi." <laughs> And, she uh, rang rub it in. She went up to him. So he, he was there just to pay his respects like everyone else was. And she goes, I beat you in the New York Marathon. <laughs> I was mortified.
2: I would have just giggled. He's actually <laughs> yeah, a really cool yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. He would have gone <laughs> respect. Yeah, but yeah. just
1: time and place, mum. Time yeah, yeah, yeah. and place. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you his number. You can text him, but don't do it outside a mosque the week after this mass shooting. <laughs>
2: Unbelievable! She's a little bit cheeky. I wonder, oh. I wonder where you get that from. Oh,
1: come on, come on! <laughs> no, she's um, she's fantastic. I wouldn't be surprised if she outlives me. She's great. Yeah, I, I bought her an apartment, and the idea was that it was going to be like part of my retirement plan. Like you know, she'll she'll die, and then I can sell it or whatever. But like she's seventy now, and I'm forty eight, and I'm starting to do the sums, and it's like she's probably going to be around like another twenty years, so yeah. she'll be ninety, and I'll be like. Sixty-eight. I'm going to be like, come on, mum, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta die. I need the money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't need the money.
1: How's your mental health been? Your mental yeah. health been good? You ever had any issues with that?
2: No, thankfully. Um, well, I mean, everyone gets those low days, um, but I've lost friends through suicide. Mm. Um, yeah, and look, one in four Kiwis suffers from depression at a really, really high level, um, and I look, our suicide suicide rate is really high, anxiety levels are really escalating, they're getting um, worse and worse, and kids are getting getting this a lot Why are they getting ago. it? Do you think
1: it's like a COVID thing, the oh. stress of the last couple of years, or oh, just God, other...
2: earthquakes, COVID, right. but also the social stress media, of... maybe. Yeah, social media, stress of life, and, you know, so much pressure, um, schooling's a bit different today than it used to be in our day, you know, it's a bit more relaxed, um, yeah, so we've got all these mental health issues escalating, and look, one way to manage that is just to move, move your body, um, and like if you live in Japan, like doctors will prescribe, um, you know, go, go surfing, was it Japan or Hawaii, mm. like that is one um, antidote, and if you go to the GP and you say, hey, I'm feeling low, they'll actually say, well, you could start with doing some fitness. So you get um, so the runner's high is actually science-backed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's an actual thing. And there's also another psychology concept called flow that helps to uplift your happiness levels. So what flow is, is it's a state that you enter into. So you can do it. Um, you can find flow through music or art or um, physical activity, so many different ways to access it. Uh, what, how you know you're in flow is um, so. Take my running example. When I first started, I hated it. It was really, really hard. Um, so I wasn't in flow. I didn't have much of a skill set. It wasn't very good at running. Found it really hard. But fast forward to six months down the track, and I could run really freely, easily. I could chat um, while I was running. Running, and um, you get lost in the moment. You've got a high skill set, and yeah, you kind of yeah. That whole getting lost in the moment is the key, and that is flow. It's a psychology uh, psychological state that you can enter into, and that's what makes you happy. So going out for a run um, definitely lifts uplifts your happiness level. So it's a way to keep your mental health baseline. Mm. So when I um, share this with clients, um, most important thing to me about being fit is that I've inspired my kids um, to run too mm. and be fit and that their barometer of fitness is quite high. So why that matters so much to me is that I want their mental health to be okay. I yeah. want them to be I just want them to be happy. I'm
1: just thinking out loud here. Do we place too much emphasis on being happy? Because I I feel like you need some unhappiness or some misery in your life to appreciate the happy moments?
2: Do you yeah, n- totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, it's,
1: it's impossible to, to be happy all the time.
2: Look, only, only your dog is happy all the time. <laughs> oh, he's not. He's miserable. <laughs> I, haven't, he? I haven't
1: thrown <laughs> his little giraffe for the last half hour. He's sulking under the table. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a funny thing, eh, oh, the that's quest for norm- happiness.
2: It's a normal um, human state. Like, you're not You'd be, – there'd be something – wrong with you if you're happy all the time Um, it's normal to have those dips and they give you that huge appreciation for the highs right Mm. yeah you wouldn't be human if you didn't have those lows yeah it's just managing those lows yeah those dips and they can they can go they can deep dive right yeah
1: I um I agree with you I think running for me personally has um I, I don't know any science or anything like that all I know is what's worked for me and exercise is definitely um like a tool in the toolkit for me, it's something that makes me feel better. But having um, lived with um, someone with uh, depression, yeah, you know, my, my ex-wife JJ, um, I, I don't know. I feel like it's more of a, a chemical imbalance in her brain. And I, I'd I'd say to her, I I was an ass of a husband as well. I'd say, come on, get up. We'll get out. We'll get some fresh air. You'll feel better. And uh, it turns out, I've done. that's not the thing to say to people with depression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, I've no, learned more about it since then. Like, it came from a good place, but it was the wrong way to deal with it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Um, when you're in that high end, um, the best thing you can possibly do is go and see a doctor, mm. um, and they can advise whether you should be on medication, and that's exactly what you should be doing. People go through a lot of wanting, wishing, and dreaming for sometimes forever, and they never make the jump. They go, oh, I wish I could be fitter. I wish I could be, you know, stronger or whatever. They just never hit the go button. Yeah, on they it. never hit yeah. it. So, the hardest yeah. part, Dom, about starting a run journey is actually just jumping. Mm. Just just start. The beauty mm. and the magic is in just starting. And there's these circles. So, you start um, a habit. Um, and then it takes a little while to become a behaviour. So the really hard part is starting that, that habit, and then it circles into a behaviour after a certain period of time. What is and that, like a
1: month, five weeks? What is that? Yeah, it is, be, is it a number of days?
2: No, well... It's different for different people, depending on how often you do it and all that kind of stuff. So for me, it was maybe six weeks until it became a bit of a behaviour. Um, started it as a habit, became a behaviour. Now running for you and I is what you call lifestyle. We just do it without thinking. We just well, like. Yeah, we if I've need got an it.
1: injury, I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do now? <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm grumpy without it. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, so am I. If I've got a couple of days
1: without it, people around me definitely start to notice.
2: Hey, but an injury can be actually a really positive thing. Um, So for my 40th birthday, I had entered into the Chicago Marathon. I was a bit of a dumbass, and I ran three marathons in quick succession, I was about 32 kilometres in, I was running Christchurch with Mike McRoberts, and my leg went. Is that
1: because um, a lot of women go weak at the knees in front of <laughs> McRoberts?
0: Is
2: that? Was nah, he shirtless? Nah, we're just mates, <laughs> we're just chatting. So yeah, I got injured in the Christchurch Marathon, but it already entered the Chicago Marathon, and... Um, well, you're not
1: cancelling a trip to shytown town nah, are
2: you? and it was like, it was three months away, yeah. so I'd booked it, I'd paid for it, there was no way out, and I was like, because if I hadn't done that, I would have just sat on the couch and felt miserable and woe was me, you know, wow. ate the chips. Um, but because I had paid paid for it, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, so I, it ended up being the most incredible um, thing that could have ever happened to me. I hated it at the time, found it really hard, but I cross-trained. So I went to the gym, I did a pool run a week, I did strength training, a bit of yoga, and a lot of cycling on a static bike in a gym. So those were things I could do. And you know what? I learnt you don't have to run and run and run and run to run a marathon. Cross train. It's so much more fun. And, yeah, I've, I've trained that way ever since. I don't do the long runs anymore, Dom. I you, cross-train. You,
1: you probably still have the muscle memory, maybe. And it would, Or was it just, like, no expectation on yourself in Chicago, so you got to enjoy it more? Was that part of it? Yeah, I
2: didn't wear a watch because I thought, oh, my God, if I finish this, I'll just be elated if I get to the finish line. But you know what? I ran it 12 minutes slower than my fastest ever marathon time. Oh, that's not bad. And I crossed... Cross, All I did was cross-train. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're still getting that. Um, cardio, aerobic activity on a bike. So when people um, feel like an injury coming on, so I've worked with a lot of athletes with disabilities, and when they're feeling a niggle, I'll really rein them in and pull them back and I'll get them pull running or I'll get them cycling because I'm going, what's...
1: jogging? boring! <laughs> God, that's the worst.
2: It's hard. Yeah. If you're doing it properly, it's three <laughs> times harder yeah, than yeah, yeah. running on land. Yeah. So you actually become, you can work on your form, you get a better run gait. you can get faster. Honestly, it's three times harder than running on land. So when you come out of the pool, you fly. No, nah, if
1: it was that good, Elliot Kipchoge would be doing it. All the Kenyans <laughs> would be in the pool.
2: Oh, if they get a niggle. Like, you, you look at, like, the All Blacks and all these elite athletes. When they start to get niggles or injuries, they're, like, in the water. Or they're put in the water before then because yeah. they, they're going to get the active recovery. Yeah, for so, sure. So smart way to train.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Although, um, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true it's, um, I've, I've become better at that over the, over the years Like uh, just before Christmas I had 10 days in, in an MIQ spot And uh, the old me would be like oh, I need to get a treadmill in the room I'm going to lose so much fitness And now it's like well, you control what you can And try not to worry about the external stuff So if I get an injury now I, I sort of think well it's my body telling me That maybe I need a little break And I enjoy it Because you realise you it's not nice to, to get unfit And to try and start again from ground zero But you realise you know a couple of weeks off you're not going to Lose everything.
2: I think it's about six weeks, and you'll lose your run fitness. Um, so Six weeks, would, that's a long time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a, it's, a, no, it's a very long time. That's encouraging to hear. Is,
2: yeah, yeah. So, you, but you want to keep it going. Like, if you can do something, yeah, like, yeah. you know, jump on a bike or whatever. But if it's just a week or two and, like, the physio says, just take it easy, it's probably actually good for you to just have a bit of a break, yeah. of a taper.
1: I mean, it's been, it's been running for you and me. But, I, I you know, I bang on about running, and, and you do as well to a degree. But I say to people, it's like, it's about movement and fresh air. Uh, so, whatever it is. Like, for me, it's running – you find your own thing. Maybe for you, it's not running. Yeah. But whatever it is, just get out there because you do feel so much better after doing something.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you feel good. Uh, affects your telomere length, so that's in my Excuse book. Excuse me. <laughs> it affects that your sounds t- that sounds rude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so telomere length is. Um, so this helps you to look youthful. So running helps you manage stress. So um, these are at the end of your chromosomes, the telomeres. And so if you've got long telomeres, you're looking really youthful and gorgeous and you're healthy um, and not that stressed. Um, if you've got short telomeres, you're growing, you know, you're looking older beyond your years. You've probably got a really shit diet, um, probably stressed out to buggery. <laughs> mm. And um, you're probably not moving your body. So, you know, move because you want to look, more youthful and you know you want to be more joyful you're nicer to be around
1: yeah now yeah you and I have got something else in, in common we're, we're similar sort of ages I'm a little bit older than you but we've um, got something in common that um, happened to us at similar times now, I don't know if you want to get into this much or not but um <laughs> we both went through our marriage breakups which people say is one of the most I think one of the five most stressful things a human being can go through how are you You all right?
2: Yeah, I'm in an awesome place now. Did
1: Uh, did your book and knowledge help navigate through? Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. So I think, yeah, it was for many years. Um, How long were you married? I think it was about about 15, 15 years. Do you
1: consider that a success? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
2: Yeah. And same with you and JJ. Uh, like, we're really good friends. Um, we're amazing friends. And we, we've we got boys. And, like, we've got this great team effort in raising kids. And we actually get on really, really well. Like, we're still best friends. Um, but, you know, at a certain point we became really different people, Um, he's an introvert, I'm an extrovert, I want to be life on the run, where's the next adventure, and, yeah, we just became two really different people, and with, you know, really different needs, and so we, got con- conscious, um, <laughs> <And> conscious <laughs> and coupling. Coupling, oh my God, I Chris hate that Gwyneth. term, because Gwyneth Paltrow is yeah. it, but it is kind of a thing, it's kind of true, um, so we've got this <laughs> cold respect for each other, like you and JJ, yeah. and you know what, it's like, I didn't marry an asshole. like, JJ is epic, she is an awesome woman, you married an amazing woman, yeah. but, you know, it just came to that time in your life where you became different, and, you know, you're ready for that new path, and, yeah, it's, it was, there was um, a really stressful time, um, it was actually when I was writing the book, a uh, really hard time in the marriage, and I kind of fell down on my knees, like, it was so hard, I was so low, And, um, yeah, I just, I kind of walked away from my book for six months, um, Dom, and I was supposed to have it, I had a book contract to have it done within a year. It took me two years Mm. because I needed to pick myself up from the floor and actually believe in myself again. And, um, yeah, imposter syndrome was a bit of a thing, but I was just... Oh, my
1: God, you as well. (laughs) I, I talked about that on the podcast the other week. I've had so many people saying, oh, my God, I have that as well.
2: Yeah, which is, ah. which is dumb. If I go through a hard period, I, I have learnt how to pick myself off the floor. I've learnt to reach out to people who care about me and love me and who will help me um, stand back up again. And, yeah, so... Yeah, so, yeah that's
1: good. That's but, good. And I, I know there'll be um, some people listening to this that have gone through marriage breakups, and... I, and I, Th- this conversation with uh, Rachel myself might sound nauseating because <laughs> anyway, I, I understand that for whatever reason, you know, sometimes it's not possible to end up being friends with your ex, and maybe they don't deserve your friendship at the end of it. But if it's um if it is possible, by like the way, me and JJ sort of see it is uh you know you wanted to not throw out the the baby with the bathwater. You want to keep the good things yeah. about the relationship, and um there's still so much love there. It's one of the one of the one of the few things that I won't I won't really. Don't make too many jokes about because there's just so much respect still there.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've totally got her back. Absolutely. And same, same. And, you know, that's so healthy. And, you know, when I see all these... Oh, I'm on the dating scene at the moment, which is quite hilarious. You're like... Uh, you're yeah. least- if
1: anyone's listening that <laughs> likes the sound of you, what are you on? Are you on Bumble? Are you on Tinder? What are you...
2: Oh, where can no, they find you? No, no. plenty of fish? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're <I'm> not saying. <laughs> but, you know, there's so, you meet these people and they've got these toxic exes. And it's just, oh my God, that's frightening. Like, what they've got to wade through. Like, they're just, you know, they're living a really stressful life because... Um, one of them just can't let go.
1: Do you like? Do, do you think you would have um, drifted apart anyway, or do you think part of it is like that? Your editor giving you that assignment all those years ago, where you went on this like wellness journey. Like, do you think that sort of changed the trajectory of your life, or do you think you would have ended up here anyway?
2: I think we would have ended up here anyway. Um, I mean, I I probably became quite annoying because I was <laughs> living a life on the run. <laughs> you know, I became this running addict, yeah, which is. Yeah. Um, actually we swap roles When I met him He would run And he was really really fit And I was really unfit And then we completely swapped He stopped all exercise and fitness And you know got quite low um, And I became this like <laughs> Like someone I never thought I'd be yeah, Someone
1: that's preaching the lifestyle Yeah well, That's yeah. interesting But I, I suppose yeah, every, Everyone changes don't they And I suppose some yeah. marriages You just make it work And you deal with people's um, changes And idiosyncrasies But for others it's like the the, the sensible or the right thing to do just to just to go your separate ways.
2: Yeah, yeah. Nothing's lost like, yeah, we've got he's an amazing dad. You know, I wouldn't wouldn't change any decision there. And I don't think he would. Um but yeah, you just you know, it happens. Life happens. Mm. And you know what? I'm really proud of that decision, Dom, because we are both really happy now. We're great friends. And what I see around me is a lot of people staying in miserable relationships just because they think society, they're they're trying to please society. And I think that's sad. So they're living in misery and they're bitching about their partners, or (laughs) they're doing things they don't want to do, life is annoying, and they're grumpy all the time, and they're bitching about it, and they're just doing nothing about it, and, you know, like, what advice I'd give to people is, if you're with someone, and, you know, life is hard, you don't really have much respect for them, it's not joyful, you either commit to changing together to work on that shit, or you you move separate ways like you change yeah. or you you know you accept and then find some damn joy. Don't mm. Stop the bitching. Yeah, oh no, that's good. That's good advice. That's good
1: advice. My parents, <laughs> they, they they hated each other.
2: <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, so, so, anyone hate your mum? No, She's a darling.
1: Well, she'd be like, like dad. You know, dad would go to the fridge, grab another beer. She'd be like, oh, you're having another one tonight, are oh, you, yeah, Stuart? And there was this, always this this tension in the house that you could cut with a knife. Yeah. Um, and And that argue and stuff. And I'd grow up in that this household, and I think that's sort of normal. And. Uh, Thankfully, me and JJ, we never had like an argue, argumentative relationship or oh, anything.
2: Nice. But maybe we
1: needed a little bit more of that. Right. Maybe that was yeah part of my fault, not communicating enough.
2: There's no no people at war here. Yeah. So there's no, um, yeah, chaos to kind of navigate.
1: I like that. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. They they must love it too. So when they're with you, they've got healthy snacks. <laughs> when they're with them, they're going to McDonald's and K fried.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is that how it is? Oh, <laughs> it is quite funny. Like I um. Yeah. You know, my kids, like, I buy all that, like, I buy up and goes and chips and chocolate, I buy all that stuff. Right. Like, my kids are really, really active, and so, like, I'm actually trying to get calories in them all the time. I know, you probably think, oh, they just, you know, exist on blueberry smoothies, <laughs> poor, 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 poor buggers, yeah, yeah. you know, probably desperate yeah. to go to their mate's oh, house. And ba-
1: baking with honey <laughs> instead of actual sugar.
2: Oh, yeah, I do that. <laughs> oh, but God, oh, God, <laughs> Maple syrup. You're a cliche. Know, we're all slices. <laughs> yum, right. yum. Well,
1: that's something to be proud of, I suppose, for you and for you and your ex to look at the kids and say, we've done good.
2: Yeah. Done good. That's everything. Like, their happiness.
1: Hey, we'll end with some um, quickfire run questions, okay? And then I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you go. You must have some dates lined up to go to this evening. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rachel Grunwell, what do you listen to when you run? Are you – I mean, if you don't listen to anything, that's fine. There's a lot of people that prefer to run just in I, their own headspace. I love space. like,
2: pop songs. Right. Like, um, pink, you know. Okay, yeah, just music. Yeah, yeah just, okay. like, pop, pop stuff. Love What's it.
1: What's your favourite place to run? Did you have a favourite route or was it um, like a trail or town or a block nearby your house?
2: Yeah, so I live in Mount Eden in Auckland and going up that peak I do like hill repeats so I'll go up and down Mount Eden, like up and down, up and down, (laughs) up and down and it is the most, like every time you get to that peak you look over Auckland and, you know, see the water and it's magical, it's so uplifting, it's so beautiful, I've done it a million times and it is just, it's heaven, it's just the most beautiful sight every time, I never get sick of it, I always feel so grateful, A, that I can run and be that I can experience that.
1: Yeah, it's a great spot up there, the volcanic cone as well and yeah, the city in the background, it's just beautiful.
2: That's gorgeous and it's on my doorstep. Got a volcano on my doorstep. Right. <laughs> that doesn't gonna sound gonna like a good it. selling point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, do you have a do you have a favorite shoe or a, like a like a shoe brand that you're like, that's it, I can't change, I'm gonna jinx it.
2: Louboutin and Jimmy Choo. Oh no <laughs> oh, <laughs> High now, heels, baby. High heels. No, Not what I'm running. <laughs> to run in,
1: to run in. Favorite running show. Come on, it's a running podcast. Focus. Oh,
2: okay, okay. Damn it. Um Essex. Um yeah. our amazing run shoe. Yeah, there's a lot of brands. I've I'm so lucky, like, as um, a wellness writer for 10 years, I've been sponsored by every name under the sun, and there are different shoes that I'll use for different sports, and I'm really, like, I know the best tights to wear for running, I know the best um, brands to to wear for running long distance, um, or shorter distance, but yeah, something like a good pair of ASICs um, are amazing for the long runs. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, you get different shoes for if you're doing speed training. My advice is to have a couple of pairs of shoes. So um, if you're quite serious about it, one's for speed, one for the long runs, and then one to change out. And don't use your walk shoes for your run runs. Right.
1: I used to be um, anal and superstitious about my shoes. I got, I got given a pair of Adidas shoes and I had a good marathon in them and I went for a couple of years without being injured and then I kept buying the same shoe. It was called a supernova or something. I kept buying the same shoe over and over again. And then they stopped making it and I, I had like a panic attack. It's like, what am I What am I? I, I going to do now? And I looked online and I, I went, to some, went to some online shoe stores like in Dunedin and in Invercargill to see if they had stock that I could buy. And, and then I, since then I've run in anything and everything and I realised like it's, yeah, it's nothing to do with the shoe.
2: I'm, um, yeah, totally but yeah, it's good to get one that fits you, fits how you run, yeah. and like some people need a bit more support, other people are bare running. But um, right, getting your gait looked at and your run shoes um, sorted is super smart. Yeah, and yeah updating them every so often. Um,
1: it's the only expense you have with the sport. Yeah, the only expense.
2: Yeah, so It's worth looking investing. You, looking at your run gait's really cool. It's um, so I learnt I wasn't using my big toe, so I was missing part of the push off. Um, so I was like rolling. Very important
1: to use the big toe. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know, like so. I just wasn't using my full toolkit, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And back to the shoes. I've got so many peers and um, yeah, my bedroom. I've got like a wall of shoes. Of yeah.
1: Like running shoes, are we talking back to dress ones both, now? Both. Both yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Well, if you're, <laughs> is it Marcos? Right, right. Like, right. I'm here.
1: <laughs> well, if, if you're, well, if you're looking for a, if you're looking for a charity and, uh, and this goes to any runners that are listening that have got like a laundry full of, or a front doorstep or whatever full of old shoes, um, look up the charity Lazy Sneakers. They do a really good job. Oh, cool. Yeah, if you're looking I'll for a, something somewhere. to do with all your, your, I mean, you only need so many pairs of shoes to mow the lawns and don't you? <laughs> yeah. Lazy Sneakers. Look them up. Do you prefer to run alone or with a crew?
2: I love to talk. Like, come on, you just can't <laughs> shut me up. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I'm running, like, I just, I love, I love to run. I've got a bestie girl; he's a dentist, and we normally run every week in Green um, Green Lane around um, that peak. And yeah, like a part of it is that social connection. Like, it just lifts me up, mm. helps me to keep going. Uh, it's called the group effect. So, you know, if you don't feel like getting out of bed and doing that run, um, if someone's waiting for you when the alarm goes, like, you're just going to turn up. So it's really good. Like, if you- That's true. It keeps you accountable. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I imagine you're a lone runner, Dom. No one else could keep up with you.
1: Oh, no, that, I um I do do a lot of running on my own, but I do, I love the community as well. Like it's a fantastic community, so I do like running with others. But I find uh someone's always uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so, someone's running slower than what they want. Someone's running faster than what they want.
2: There's um, actually a talent and being able to um manage both. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of people get. So I guide. Um, athletes with disabilities, and a lot of people can't do it because they've got to change their gait or they've got to change their pace. So it's a bit of a superpower being um, able to run different paces, obviously not faster than I can, capable of, but I can go slower because a lot of people do actually get injured.
1: Do you prefer running in the hot or the cold? Oh, cold. Yeah, when to run. yes. Mm.
2: I can run... Faster, stronger. I hate running in the heat. Like, get me really early, early yeah. run. I'm so happy. But like a run later in the day, I'm like miserable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you've run, you've run um, 25 marathons. What, what's your go-to meal the night before? What's the one thing that you settled on?
2: Just eating normally, like protein, some carbs, some veg. Like just what, what would it look normally? like? What
1: would it look like on your plate? Um, like some potatoes, pasta, or what?
2: Nah, n- carb fueling's kind of old school. Um, so just like steak and some salad, maybe some kumara. Um But you know, I'd have fish and chips the night before. I'd have pizza. Um, yeah. Like just those calories, uh. yeah. Just get those calories in. Yeah, just whatever you normally eat. Yeah, get some calories in. I'll um, eat some porridge um, normally before a race. Is that your phone? Is that the alarm? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's all right. Bring it over. Is it a ringtone or an alarm tone? Turn it off, sorry mate. No, that's all good. Well, that's probably a good place to end it. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Where do you have to be? Is it, is it, a, day? Is it a day? No, <laughs> no, it's dropping my son off at work. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, so I'm an Uber a, driver. Oh, yeah, Uber yeah. How, how old's your son? Oh, he's coming out um, 17. Can't he get a bloody
1: licence? Tell him to get his licence. <laughs>
2: he's got his licence. Oh. Why do you need to drop him off? He's got to get his own car. Right. But right. he's one of these, you know... He's a vegetarian. He's like, no, nah, mom. the environment doesn't need another car on the road. You know, like, you know. Oh,
1: my God, that is such an Auckland kid. I know. <laughs> That's I know, great. Right? Oh, no, You've raised them well. <laughs> hey, i um, Rachel Grunwell, author of the book Balance, Food, Health and Happiness and runner of 25 marathons and heaps of other stuff. Thank you so much for sitting down today. Nice to chat, Really Dom. appreciate it.
2: Thanks for the
1: laughs. Oh, you're still here. Thank you very much for making it to the end of the entire episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey and my guest, Rachel Grunwell. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for being here and hopefully we'll see you back next week on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Bye.